So good morning, church. Uh, whether you're here in the house or, or online, uh, we've had some extremely uh, frustrating issues for our online people. And are, are they back with us yet? Does anybody know? Everybody's back? Oh, that's good. Welcome back, online audience. We hope you found us. Uh, we're very sorry that uh, these things happen, but they do. But we're all together now, and it's good. My name is Mike. Yeah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, my name is Mike Schroeder. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church in beautiful White Rock, British Columbia. And we are here with you in person and online and on demand. Uh, if, you're, if you're new to us here in the building, welcome. We're so glad to see you. We're very glad you're here. And uh, we do have little information cards at the table at the back, and we'd love it if you'd fill one of those out before you go, just so we can know who was, who was here with us. But we're going to continue with our worship, or sorry, with our, with our message, our, our sermon series. And our, our sermon series is in 1 Peter chapter 5 today. And we've been walking through the, uh, the book all summer long, and the, the title of the uh, sermon series is Great Expectations. Great Expectations. And the, the key scripture in First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 3, it says, Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance. I'm hearing our kids' ministry downstairs. I just want to make sure we're all okay here in this room. Okay, so today we're going to start chapter 5. So we're getting close to the end of the book. We actually have three more messages, all from chapter 5. And today's message is, is all about uh, three things, suffering, glory, and humility. And it just seems weird to put all those three things together, suffering, glory, and humility. But, you know, today we're going to be talking mostly about one of the, uh, the things that probably every one of us struggles with, at least from time to time, and that is how humility and pride and identity, how all those things, having a healthy identity in our own mind and our own heart, uh, how it all fits together. And there's some good teaching here in chapter 5. And so we're going to start by reading the scripture, then we're going to pray, then we'll just be making some points uh, about it, and uh, that will be about it for this morning uh, after, after we go. I do have some exciting announcements to do, so don't leave early, whatever you do. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to read the first seven verses, okay? It says this, And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And of course, that's St. Peter. He's one of the 12 disciples. And uh, at this point, when he's writing these, uh, these letters, yes, he's an older man. And, uh, and he, of course, knew Jesus personally. And he was a witness to the sufferings of Christ by watching Christ suffer on the cross. But he was also a, a participant in the sufferings of Christ, and he ended up actually uh, being a martyr himself. And he goes on to say this, I too will share in his glory. That's quite a statement. I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, 
I appeal to you, you who are elders in the church, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, those of you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. It brings life to us. We believe your word. We want to uh, understand your word. We pray for, uh, we pray that the Holy Spirit will help each of us to receive what you want to re- us to receive from this passage here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody said amen. Online, you can use the chat for that if you want to respond. Uh, and, you know, we've been talking about great expectation and this passage, uh, we looked at it as we were planning this series, and uh, we decided to say it this way: We can expect our leaders. We can expect our leaders to be an example of grace and humility. And I, as one of your leaders here in the church, one of the pastors, I just want you to know that uh, that I I believe that you should expect that of me. Okay, all of us that are the leaders in our church, we want you to be able to expect us to be full of grace, to be a good example. And like it says here, to not lord it over you. And, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to just say something about this word elders, because there's there's uh, differences of opinion among Bible scholars about this word elders, because, you know, elders can generally, I, I suppose, in society, if you're just uh, part of the regular people out there, uh, elders would mean people that are older. And some of the oldest people in the room, I'm just looking around, and some of you have, have reached uh, into your 80s. And I, I don't know if there's anybody here in the room that's 90. Maybe there's some somebody uh, out watching online that's 90. And uh, is Kay McDonald, has she reached 90? Uh, yeah, well, you see, and, and you start bragging about that when you get to be that age, and Ralph as well. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's the natural age, but it's also sort of a capital E elder, and that is people who hold the office of an elder in the church that are responsible. And there's this sort of um, mixing up of this two different ways of looking at the word elder, And the idea is this, by the time that you've been a Christian for a long time, you and I, and I'll I'll count myself in there, we who are more mature in our faith, we should be considering the church and 
be doing what this says to the elders, whether we hold sort of the office of an elder or not. If you consider yourself a person who has, uh, you know, a, a attained, I suppose you could say, some measure of Christian maturity, that partly means having a heart for the church and looking out for others in the congregation and in the church, being part of a local church and being related to a local church and having this heart to care for others in the local church. That's really partly what we can do. So I'm just looking around and, you know, most of our, our official elders in our church, they're not here in the room. But some of you that are more mature, you I've been watching and you do care. You do have this heart for others in the church. And that's a good thing. So here we go. Let's just just kind of jump through here because then the next, uh, yeah, this slide right here, it's it talks about elders and elders. So the small e elder would be the age that you actually have or the natural maturity that you have in your faith. And the capital E would be those, those of us who've been appointed as elders uh, in the church that are overseeing the church. And, and here there's these words that relate to being an elder and being mature in the church. Suffering. Uh, you know, there's a scripture that says, don't be surprised. You know, don't, don't be surprised when there's suffering. Uh, glory. You know, there's, there's talk about humility as well here, so we don't have to worry too much about, you know, getting big-headed. But there's glory that we can share, we can plan on, we can expect. Talk about great expectations. We can expect to share in Christ's glory. And that is, um, that is not wrong to say that. It's not wrong to anticipate that or expect that. Uh, we should be caring for the other people in the church, and we should do it eagerly. So here we go. As people who are spiritually mature, it's not about, okay, what can I receive? You know, how can the church care for me? And we do want to care for everyone in the church. But also as mature believers, we should be those who are exercising care for others. We should be caring for other people eagerly. And also have this sense of humility that is not lording it over, not being bossy. You know, if you're a leader in the church or if you're an elder in the church or if you're elderly in the church, we're not supposed to be bossy. We're supposed to be sweet and kind and gentle and caring. No bossiness allowed in the church, okay? Now, as this is, this is the people that are in the, sort of that that place. And rather than being bossy, we should be an example. And I, I've got the word crown there on the notes or on the slide, both online and here in the room. And it, look at this verse four. When the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never ending glory. Wow. You know, yesterday, my wife and I, uh, among uh, many, many others, we, we had a memorial service for my mother-in-law. And, uh, you know, life happens. She was 96 years old. It was not a tragedy when she passed away. She had a good life, and we had a great celebration. And, you know, that's just part of the cycle of life is, you know, we will not live on this planet forever. 
I don't think that's a news flash for anybody, is it? <laughs> but we, we know that we will have eternal life. Anyone who believes in Jesus, you know, John 3.16, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And we have a great future to look forward to. And part of that if we do it well here on earth, there will be, and I don't understand it all, but there will be rewards. There will be those that receive rewards, and not everybody, you know, there will be some rewards just for, you know, like the participation awards that people get nowadays <laughs> that some people hate and some people really think they're important. I don't, I don't uh, want to go there particularly, but as, as Christians... Anyone who is in Christ has everlasting life in heaven with Jesus. There's no disappointment in heaven. However, there are people that will receive rewards and perhaps bigger rewards than others. And I, honestly, I don't know too much about that. The Bible says it, but doesn't really explain it a lot. But here's one place where it talks about elders. If you are Functioning this way, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. One pastor friend of mine, uh, and, and he knows now because he's gone on to be with the Lord, he's passed from this life, but he used to teach us that, uh, that the, you know, it says in the, in the Word of God that, uh, that all the tears will be wiped away in, in heaven. And we're wondering, well, how could there be tears in heaven? Well, I think there might be some regret if we haven't, you know, we don't have the sort of the rewards that we thought we were going to get. <laughs> when we get there, there may be tears, but they, even those, will be wiped away. There's no regret in heaven. Jesus is going to look after all of us. But, you know, there is this uh, crown of never-ending never glory like I said, I wish I understood it better, to be honest, uh, but I just couldn't skip over it because we're trying not to skip over anything in this book, even when we don't always understand it. Uh, you know, the Bible also says this, that we should and could aspire to be bishops or elders in the church. If you have a goal or a dream or desire to be a leader in the church, that's a good thing. It says this in 1 Timothy 3.1. This is a trustworthy saying that whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. But as Christians, we can expect and we need to determine that leaders in the church would be leading with grace and humility. Amen. Wow. So that's to the leaders. That's to the elders. Uh, but then it goes on to say the younger people, and that's not necessarily people that are only younger in age. For example, if you come to know Jesus late in life, and perhaps you're still learning how to grow and how to walk with, with Christ, and you're sort of quote-unquote new at this, that's okay. Uh, so you can be older in age number, but you can still be one of the younger spiritually. And it goes on to say this, to the younger people... You should, you should accept the authority of the elders. And so I'm asking you, I'm one of the elders in the church, and I'm, I'm younger than a lot of you, but I'm asking you to accept the authority of the elders 
and to, to walk in humility in that. So the elders are to walk in humility, and we're going to talk further about this. And those of us that are following authority, we also need to respect the authority of the elders. And I just want to say that, uh, God willing, in about a month's time, probably six weeks or so, we are going to have a transition in our church. And my wife and I, who have been the lead pastors here in the church, we will be passing the baton to a younger pastoral couple, and that's Pastor Matt and Tanya Jansen. We love them. And we will be one of the ones who have to f get to follow the leadership and, and, uh, and accept the authority of the lead pastors. My wife and I will be the assistant pastors. And we're looking forward to that day. We're not just hanging on tight, but we are looking forward to that. And so I, if you've known me, some of you have known me for a long time, and you know that I do know how to receive authority. I'm under the authority of the group of elders that we have as well, in fact, right now. So the younger people submit, must accept the authority of the elders. And then it goes on to say this, everyone. Okay, so raise your hand if you're not included in the word everyone. Okay, everybody, you are included. Not, I say raise your hand if you're not, but you, you're all included. <laughs> Here's a trick question. Okay, so whether you're online or whether you're here in the room, this is for you. Okay, everyone, this is, uh, what verse am I at here? We're in verse 4 still. Everyone, dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another. And I, I just thought, just for fun, I don't know if they even use them anymore, but these are paper dolls back in the day. We used to have those. And, um, and so, you know, you get to dress, you know, you get to dress up this paper doll. That's what those are. And uh, for those of you that are too young, you'll have to look it up and figure out what I'm talking about. But, but you know, the, it, uh, that's what the word means. I looked it up in the Greek, the word dress. It means dress. It means get dressed, put on a shirt, put on a sweater, uh, you know, get dressed, put on humility. We can do this. With God's help, we can do that. You can, you can do this. And that's what we're told to do. Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. Now, this goes against the grain of our modern culture in North America especially. There's just this sense that I'm going to stick up for me, myself, and my rights, and no one's going to step on me, and no one's going to tell me what to do. I was talking with someone earlier this week, and they were saying, well, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, wearing a mask was an order. It wasn't a law, and we don't have to obey the orders, just the laws. And I was just going, oh, that's, that's not right. <laughs> Okay, we need to dress ourselves in humility and not just stick up for ourselves and our own rights. Now, of course, we live in a democracy. It's a little bit complicated when we live in a democracy. And as Canadian citizens, we participate in the culture and, and uh, you know, in the direction of our country. And so we can vote and we can use the courts and all kinds of things because we have political freedom. I'm so grateful that we live in Canada. But still, from an attitude and from a heart and from a, a place of humility. And I have, a, I have kind of a warning for you here today. And it's found here in verse, uh, verse 5. It's also found in the book of James, chapter 4 and verse 6. It's quoted. It's actually quoting 
a psalm, and uh, we're not going to go there, but here it is in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse 5, it says this. Now listen, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And for me and for you, I w- do not want us to be in a place where God is opposing us. <laughs> I just don't. I just, I care enough about you and I care enough about me. I don't want to be in a place where God is opposing me. Thank you very much. Because he's bigger and tougher, okay? <laughs> he gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. So somehow we have to be able to be participants in a democracy in Canada, be part of the process. I understand all of that. But there needs to be this posture of humility and not pride. And we can remember that uh, right now if you're watching uh, on demand at a later time. We're looking forward to two elections here in Canada. There's the uh, federal election coming up, and there's also the municipal elections. And there will be lots of talk and lots of putting down the other and all kinds of things that happen in political uh, campaigns, uh, election campaigns. But we need to be people who are willing to do our part from this posture of humility. Amen. Can we agree that we want to be in a place of receiving God's grace and not be opposed to, not have God opposed to us? And so it, it's, he says this, and this is also a continuation of our everyone category, if we go to the next slide. So everyone should dress ourselves in humility. And then verse 6 and 7, it says this. It says, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and give all your worries and cares to God. And this is like, this is like the, the how-to. We, we humble ourselves under God. We give all of our worries and cares. In fact, this verse 7, from a very young age, I, I heard this verse just alone. You know, and you probably have if you've been around uh, the church long enough and read your Bible. Uh, you, you've seen this verse, verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, or perhaps you've heard it this way. Cast all your cares upon the Lord for he careth for you, right? You've heard that. What context is that in? That's in this context of being a leader and being humble instead of being bossy and still being at peace and allowing God to look after your authority and not sticking up for it. So as as your pastor, there's times when I, honestly, you know, there's times when when I really wish that we could kind of move a little faster forward, okay? And I really wish that the church would, would kind of just kind of get, get it and, and, and grab it and get a hold and keep moving and get, get with the program. I don't say those things out loud too often. But I have to cast that care, that perhaps even anxiety on the Lord because he cares for me and he cares for the church. And you, as a, as a follower, and me too, we, us as followers, you know, we may not like what our political leaders do. We may not like what our federal, provincial, you know, uh, municipal leaders do. Our family authorities, our fathers, those that we've, you know, walked with a long time. Uh, it, within the church, our boss at work, you know, we may feel like we don't agree with all of that. But... Whatever those cares are, whatever those anxieties are, 
we can have a position of humility and cooperation and allow the boss to be the boss or the leader to be the leader or the, you know, the pr prime minister to be the prime minister. Don't try to solve all the problems of the whole world. Just kind of, you know, do your job. Just, you know, just follow along. And we as the followers can have this posture of casting our care on the Lord because he cares for us, knowing that God cares about you. Every part of your life, every circumstance of your life, God knows you. He knows your name. He knows where you are. He knows what you're thinking. He knows your concerns, your fears, your anxiety. God knows all of those things, and he cares for you. And I, I, was, I was reading uh, some commentaries, again, about, about these, this, this word, how, and, and God cares about you uh, affectionately is actually part of the meaning in here. God has an affectional care for you. It's not just, well, you know, God knows and God cares. Well, I sure wish I knew. You know, it, God actually has these feelings. God has feelings. And he is affectionately watching over you. And he cares for you in a way that is giving you his attention. Like you and I, and, and of course, God has this ability uh, to, to do it. And, and the closest thing I can think of, and it pales to uh, insignificance. One, there's actually two examples. One is um, algorithms. Uh, in, um, in, on, in the social media way. And have you ever noticed that if you look something up online, sometimes you'll, on Facebook, you'll see an ad about that very thing just pop up? That's algorithms. They're, they're watching. <laughs> and it's, it's a little scary, a little creepy. Uh, but anyways, or a, a little nicer example is, you know, a mom that may have eight kids and somehow she knows what all of them are thinking. You know, <laughs> and God, all, you know, all seven billion of us, God knows us and God's God's aware of us and he cares for us affectionately. God cares about you affectionately. And uh, so, again, in the context of not sticking up for our rights, which cuts across so much of our emotions. Uh, am I the only one in the room here that sometimes struggles with this? Anyone else with me on this? <laughs> Three, four, eight? Okay, a few honest people, others that never put their hand up for anything in case they have to uh, come to the front and explain what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm not going to make you do that today. This is not, a <laughs> this is not an AA meeting. <laughs> okay. But anyways, we're so, we're, we're so blessed to be in a place of security because of God's care for us that we don't have to hang on to our rights. We can walk in humility, both as the leaders, as the parents. You know, I mean, I've, I'm a parent, and, you know, there's times when I wish my kids were not doing what they're doing. Now they're adults, not a whole lot of control that I have, and there's, there's still times where I, I, I just have to trust God. I know that I'm not alone in this room. Just have to trust the Lord. And he's the one who cares for me. So I can, I don't have to lord it over. I can't, you know, kind of 
beat him on the side of, you know, sometimes you'd like to slap him on the side of the head. Can't do that. That's not how you lead. <laughs> but God, God's, got our, God's got our back. God's got your back. Now, we're going to have a prayer time here in the room and online as well. And, and Floor Lee is going to come back. She's going to do that. Jasper, if you could just play for a few moments. We're going to have a prayer time. And then uh, I'll, get, I'll come back and we'll just uh, do some housekeeping business. And uh, I've got some exciting things to talk about as well. So, uh, Floor Lee, can you go ahead and just go ahead and lead us for a few moments here? What a good word, Pastor Mike. Wow, God really spoke to my heart. I know he's spoken to all of our hearts. And, you know, there may be some of you online, maybe some of you in this room. This is new to you, and you've never even experienced a relationship with Jesus. And I want to encourage you today. Um, there's been a scripture that's been going through my mind the last day or two. And Pastor Mike talked about it today. John 3.16. That is a scripture that almost everyone knows, even people that don't know much about the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would receive eternal life. And um, I want to share that with you today and say to you, if you've never received Jesus, you can do it today. And you know, there are lots of people that know about Jesus. In fact, they could tell you, yes, I believe Jesus died. I believe that Jesus rose again. But they've never had a personal relationship with him because they've never just opened up their heart and said, Jesus, come into my life. And you know, that's all we have to do is just receive the gift that God has given and not just look at it. it when you receive a gift, you've got to take it and open it up and then thank the person who gave it to you. And so I'm going to pray with you today. And if you're like that, you've never received Jesus and you want to do that, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me and with all of us today. So let's just pray. Dear Jesus, I believe that you came to this earth. I believe that you died and rose again. I believe that you are in heaven. I believe that you gave your life for me. And today, Jesus, I receive you into my life. I thank you for this beautiful gift of eternal life. I thank you that you have washed away my sins. And I receive you. And I say what you say about me. I am your child. Thank you, God. So if you've prayed that prayer, why don't you just, uh, if you're online, just indicate it in the chat that you've done that, you, that you've prayed that, or send us an email and let us know that you've done that. And if you're here in the room that, and you've done that, I would encourage you to just share with Pastor Mike today. So I want to bless you as we go from the house of the Lord today. I want to say to you, those words that Pastor Mike spoke, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
And so, Lord, we cast our care on you today. And we place every concern of ours in your hands. And, Lord, I thank you for this blessing. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Thank you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We love you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Pastor Mike. Amen. Thanks, Jasper. Thank you, Flora Lee, for that. So uh, just before we go, uh, I'd just like to say to all of you online and here in the room that we're very excited about some things that are coming up. First of all, and this is uh, fairly routine, we have a regular sort of routine that we're doing here this summer. On Tuesday night is our youth at 7 o'clock, and I believe they're meeting here at Life Center. And then on Wednesday night, Pastor Matt and Tanya will be with us live on YouTube at 8 p.m. on our YouTube channel. And then Thursday morning, we have an event for the, all the, the families, and that is going to be down at the beach, White Rock Beach, this week. Frankly, I don't know what part of the beach, so you're going to have to uh, look at your Facebook and your emails from the kids' ministry, and they will go ahead and tell you that. Uh, but one thing that we announced on Wednesday, and in case you missed it, we are heading back to our regular routine location for Sunday morning services coming up in just a few weeks. On September the 12th, God willing, we will be back at White Rock Christian Academy in the gymnasium as we have always, well, up until the beginning of COVID anyway, uh, for up until the last year and a half, we've been there for many, many years. And so we're looking so much forward to being back where we feel like we belong on Sundays. It's going to be great. And so we will be continuing our online services as well. For those of you that can't make it out, but there's going to be a lot more space. And so if you need to be spaced out and so more socially distanced, you'll be able to do that because the room is, is really big. It's, there's lots of space. And so we're looking forward to that. If We will need lots of extra help if you would like to help with setup and be part of um, some of the other teams that we have, whether it's the audiovisual team, we're going to need lots of extra hands uh, for setup, for greeting, and, and also for tearing down and stacking chairs and all of that. So if you'd like to help, we would love to hear from you um, before we start tapping on your shoulder. All right. Now, <clears throat> one of the things that pastors love to talk about is money, not really. But we do believe strongly in giving of our tithes and offerings cheerfully to the Lord. And we can do that online, whether it's by e-transfer at the email address on the screen or whether it's online on our website through PayPal. We can do that here in the room. We have a debit machine at the back. And uh, so there's lots of opportunities for giving. But today we especially want to do something just a little bit different, introduce something uh, new to you, and that is you've heard of the devastating earthquake in Haiti. Now, Haiti has had a very rough go, I mean, for a long, 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 long time, but especially in the last 10, 11 years. They had an earthquake in uh, 2010, 
uh, great unrest politically up until two years ago when their president was assassinated. And so there's a lot of gang violence and controls of certain areas where it's just lawlessness and it's very, very difficult. And then, of course, the last few weeks, they had another earthquake. And uh, the last word that we found or that we heard, uh, there was over 20, uh, over uh, 2,000 people who had passed away. 10,000 were injured. 5,000 children have lost at least one parent. Uh, you know what happened? They did it. Because of the epicenter of the of the earthquake, so many homes were destroyed. They had a little tent or a big tent city that was erected outside of town. And then there, a tropical storm, not a hurricane, but a tropical storm came and blew all the tents apart. So it's just been one thing after another. Now, as a church, White Rock uh, Life Church, we have been supporting a ministry there called the Foundation for the Children of Haiti. And uh, they are on the ground. They have facilities that were unscathed. We're very happy to tell you that. They have a hospital. They have a, an orphanage. They have a care facility for those with special needs. Uh, and then they have a, another um, orphanage. No, another. Uh, no, they have a school. And that's all in Port-au-Prince in the capital. Then closer to the uh, where the epicenter was, they have two facilities. One is an elementary school, and one is a technical school. And all of their facilities and staff, they're all fine. So thank God for that. They're poised and ready to help as soon as it's safe. It's Right now, there's just so much confusion. It's really difficult for them. But they're hoping by the end of this week coming up, they're going to be able to start engaging, uh, providing medical supplies and food. And our living room store here in the community has decided to uh, help us uh, with matching funds up to $2,500. As a church, we would just love, by the end of the month, we'd love to be able to send $5,000 to help our friends in Haiti. And so if you donate a dollar, uh, the living room store will match it. So up to the first $2,500 that comes in through our offerings, uh, you know, it will be matched and doubled. So we're really excited about this. We would just love to be able to help. So if you'd like to participate, you're invited to be part of this. You can do it online, like I said. With a, There's a memo spot on PayPal. There's a memo spot on the e-transfers. We have uh, on offering envelopes. If you want to do it here this morning in person, we can also do it that way. Uh, so... Uh, just consider that. Please help if you possibly can. We'd appreciate it. Those people, they're just, they've just had a really rough go in Haiti, and uh, our hearts go out to them. It's wonderful to be able to partner with a group that's capable and well-established, and uh, we can trust them. They're trustworthy. So it's just awesome that we have that group that we can help. Okay, so why don't we all stand together, and I'm just going to say one more quick prayer of blessing, and so thank you that have, you that have joined us online with all the confusion online today. If you're, if you're still with us, you're a survivor, and thank you those of you that are in the room. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in your laughter and in your tears and your work and your leisure, in your lying down and your getting up. May God bless you. Amen. And thank you once again for being here today.